0: What's happening?
1: Vegan Radio is coming at you.
0: This is Vegan Radio, and guess what? What? It's the second longest day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're trying a new format this week. Um, we're going to just be laid back. and. Uh,
1: Aren't we usually laid back?
0: <laughs> yes, well, there has been no scripting of our... Um...
1: Usually Derek's a little high-strung, but I try to work with him.
0: How are you going there, Megzy?
1: Doing pretty well. How are you doing?
0: pretty good pretty good
1: scott how you doing
0: tasty (laughs) so we're all checking in here we're just going to be laid back and relaxed and uh no scripted intro this time Hmm.
1: i didn't know we usually had a scripted intro Giving away because se- it's You're giving away all our so secrets. because it's so
0: flawlessly written, and we're, we're such great actors that you can never tell. Right.
1: Well, some of us.
0: I was kind of hoping for a scripted <laughs> intro this time. Just but, to- but Scott had this idea that we could have a little um, check-in and chat session before we go into our <laughs> intro music. What?
1: Perhaps a little co-counseling, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. well, they got this
0: convention radio, this bull
2: session thing that happens sort of somewhere between the intro and whatever, your first feature thing. And I, okay. I, I kind of like that.
0: Yeah. Well, we're pretty laid back. Um, yesterday was the solstice. <laughs> we're pretty
1: laid back. Wow, <laughs> and, uh, I'm guessing you're feeling really we did relaxed. Some,
0: we did some solstice ritual yesterday. Yes, wiffle ball was an important part of it. Wiffle and ball, a lot hula hoop.
1: Of, a lot of hula hooping going on in Pulaski Park.
0: And uh, what else did we do? Oh, we went swimming with the Virginias. Oh, uh, yeah. In uh, Ashfield Lake. Yeah, that was a trip. That, <laughs> that was quite a trip. And... Uh, So here we are, vegan radio. We know you've been jonesing for this theme music, so here it is. Ooh, baby. All right, so today's show, you know you've been waiting for it. We got some... They've been talking about it on the other podcasts. (laughs) But Northampton hasn't been introduced yet. Vat-grown meat.
1: That's right. What is it all about?
0: We have. Where can uh, I get some?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where can
0: I get some? We have some, Matt Thomas from In Defense of Animals is going to be on uh, being interviewed later. He's People an expert in fat-grown meat, which I'm not jonesing for, but maybe somebody somewhere is. And also, we have a poem from this guy Richard King who submitted it over the internet. That was pretty cool. It's a good little poem. And That's uh, the naked news. The Naked News, we're paring it down a little. We only have three stories this week because Megan uh, said her voice was getting sore from talking so much. So we're going to give her a chance to relax and chill. Because
1: we're all very relaxed this show.
0: (laughs) And we're chilled. (laughs) And uh, the last thing, uh, we have Herbivore Magazine just put out an issue about music by vegans. There's a picture of Joan Jett on the cover. And uh, for their subscribers, they gave us some free uh, music that we could download from their website. Um, and we're going to share a couple of songs with you. And you'll have to get a subscription to get the whole repertoire. Right. How you doing, Scotty? You guys ready? Ready to go? Yeah. Are you ready chill? for some news? Are you chilled? So.
1: Are your clothes off? Scott, I are going Scott, I still see your socks on <laughs> I think you're gonna you
0: to car- them, them on my hands. you got cover up them hairy paws
1: <laughs> you' are gonna need to take those babies off
0: there's a there's some kind of like um health regulations that we have to follow with uh, Scott's feet here. <laughs> I thought it was against <laughs> the law to be naked on the radio
1: <clears> Oh but <throat> well, so.
0: Scott's such an athlete you know if if he goes around barefoot, everyone in here is going to get athletes' foot so. We have to. But
1: um, what? What?
0: Yeah, you should have seen me rounding the bases yesterday. He's he's a shock jack. What can I say? I pulled all my hamstrings. <laughs> now, why do they call it the hamstring? That's what I want to know.
1: I can't help you out there.
0: Yeah, I just hear crickets in my head. I've never seen ham on a string.
1: I think I think you're going down with that one. Going
0: <laughs> down with the ship, baby. Uh, I'm
1: going. I'm going to the news. We'll have to ask
2: Bill
0: Freist to it. Bill Freist, you little kitten killing. <clears throat> Okay, let's get to the news here.
1: So, our first story is about whaling. The International Whaling Commission met this week on the Caribbean island of St. Kitts to decide the fate of one of the most magnificent mammals on our planet. Pro-whaling nations were expected to take control of the IWC, giving them a majority of seats on the panel for the first time since it banned commercial hunting 20 years ago. A slim majority of nations voted in support of a resumption of commercial whale slaughter, but pro-whale killing nations still lack the numbers needed to overturn a 20-year-old ban. By a vote of 33 to 32, with one abstention, the IWC adopted the St. Kitts Declaration, which lays out the whaler's case for a return to whaling and declares a commitment to normalize the functions of the IWC. Aside from de facto declaring a commitment to end the moratorium on commercial whale slaughter, its most significant implication is that it will be used to say that the IWC has accepted that the consumption of fish by whales means that the resumption of whaling is a matter of food security for coastal nations. Japan and other pro-whaling countries lost four previous and more significant pro-whaling votes at the meeting, thwarting their predicted takeover of the IWC. Japan's been lobbying for years to get developing nations to join the IWC. In the Caribbean, Japan's given six countries, St. Lucia, St. Viz- Vincent, Antigua, Dominica, Grenada, and St. Kitts, more than $100 million in fishing aid since 1998, and most of them have backed Japan on whaling. A 1986 moratorium on whale slaughter was a major victory for environmentalists in protecting several species of whales that were near extinction after centuries of commercial killing. The United States and Australia are the leading proponents of the whaling ban. The pro-whaling nations, including Iceland and Norway, argue that whale populations have risen since then. Both Japan and Iceland use a loophole to kill whales for scientific research and then sell the carcasses. Norway just completely ignores the ban and openly hunts whales. Iceland, Norway, and Japan have killed 2,500 whales in the past 12 months, more than in any year since the ban took effect in 1986. This year, Cambodia, Guatemala, Israel, and the Marshall Islands joined the IWC, giving the pro-whale slaughtering nations more leverage. With each new pro-whale hunting nation joining the IWC, conservationists have become increasingly worried that pro-whaling nations will eventually control the commission. We're dealing with an ecosystem where whales are on top of the food chain, said Dave and Joseph, an IWC delegate from St. Kitts and Nevis. That's like blaming woodpeckers for deforestation, countered Vasily Papastavro, a whale biologist for the International Fund for Animal Welfare. The real issue is overfishing, not whales.
2: Yeah, I concur. <laughs> Actually, there's a, uh, this is the thing, you know, like Japan has been overfishing its waters for about, I don't know, 17,000 years. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's a reason forever. that they eat urchin. It's not because it's a delicacy and it's wonderful. Uh, it's what good. is it? It has something to do with not having a lot of other really tasty fish
0: in the sea
1: uh, around Ah, because... What
0: is an urchin exactly? <laughs> it's a small child. People <laughs> um, always call me an urchin, but I never know what they mean. It means you're spiny and small. Oh. Um, and
1: I concur. Now, the other thing
2: about, about <laughs> Israel joining this, uh, I don't see what they have to gain exactly unless... Uh, Some
1: kind of alliance. I don't
2: think whale oil is kosher. I mean, it could be mistaken there. It would be nice at the end of one of these stories to be able to go, Yay! You know, I know. we're always
0: booing. As, yeah, where like are our people.
1: positive stories, darling? I don't
0: know. You're always battering me down. <laughs> I can't find any happiness in this life anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, as long as they don't batter the fish.
0: Um, yeah.
1: Okay, on to our next news story. I guess so. NYC introduces legislation to ban animals in circus. This is... That's good. With support from animal rights organizations, New York City Council Member Rosie Mendez introduced a bill Tuesday to ban wild animal acts from the circus. Oh, Rosie. Oh, girl. Um, <laughs> A move Ringling Brothers in Barnum and Barnum & Bailey said <laughs> would force them to stop all of their New York City performances. Megan? Megan? <laughs> Take a breath. We, we cannot say we're. In a, I don't think you're chill enough while you're reading. This. I'm not quite sure what that Rosie rendition was all about. It's a little Led Zeppelin. I think, think it was like a tribute. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pass right over that Every one. Every once in
0: a while, a little musical inspiration comes to me. Oh, Rosie.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm hoping our listeners didn't hear that one. Really? Why? Because <laughs> I don't think they'll make the connection.
0: I'm sure some of them will (laughs)
1: We cannot say we're an enlightened society when we allow animals to be tortured and abused for entertainment purposes, Mendez said Tuesday at City Hall at a press conference organized by the League of Humane Voters of New York City, an animal rights group.
2: Why does she hate America?
1: (laughs) Why does she hate humans? If passed, the law would ban all wild and exotic animals, including elephants, chimpanzees, tigers, and lions, from circuses, carnivals, and other live performances in New York City. The law would not affect domesticated animals like cats, dogs, horses, or cattle, and would also not apply to zoos. Mendez said wild animals are trained cruelly, constantly confined, and pose a danger to the public. She expressed particular concern over bullhooks. Devices, Byington said, are used to pierce the skin of elephants and other wild animals as a form of punishment. A statement issued by the League of Humane Voters said, Undercover footage of behind-the-scenes training shows elephants beaten with bullhooks and shocked with electric prods Big cats dragged by heavy chains around their neck and hit with sticks, bears whacked and prodded with long poles, and chimpanzees kicked and hit with riding crops. Two circuses that would be affected by the legislation, Ringling Brothers and Cole Brothers, said the animal rights group's statement was inaccurate. A vice president from Cole Brothers Circus, which performs at Midland Beach Park in Staten Island, said federal inspections are enough to ensure proper treatment of the animals. But the League of Humane Voters said the circuses have not complied with the Federal Animal Welfare Act and have been fined by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The league said at least 24 elephants have died under Ringling Brothers' care since 1992. The circus executives said performing is actually good for wild exotic animals. Story said a study by Professor... They love it. (laughs) ...by Professor Ted Friend of Texas A&M University has shown that animals not only don't suffer stress but they actually appear to enjoy performing. Story also disagreed that the public is on the side of the animal rights activists, saying elephants in particular represent the symbol of the American circus that the public expects to see. What nice. do you guys, how do you guys feel about that story?
0: I think story? Like, uh, w- all the wild animals are like lining up to come over here and be in circuses <laughs> because they enjoy it so much. That's right. In a related story, animals really enjoy being slaughtered. Oh, yeah. It relieves them of all kinds all those, of pain. I, I've seen all those pictures of those like happy cows on the side of cheese and milk cartons, and they're so happy to give us their products and be slaughtered.
1: Be tortured.
0: Their little mammary secretions. All right. More commentary. More commentary. More.
1: <laughs> more. Come on.
0: We only well, got three news let's stories. Say
2: that was one that was we can say yay about. That's good.
0: Yes. Yay. Well, yay. we can't say yay yet. It's just legislation being proposed. Yeah, but
1: at least there's somebody in legislation that's pulling for us. Yes. So that's, so that's positive. That's true. All right.
0: Let's keep an upbeat, uh, positive outlook.
1: <laughs> I can do that because I'm very relaxed today, actually. I am too. Are you too relaxed?
0: Oh, terribly relaxed.
1: All right. Great. Okay.
0: Wait, let's take a a moment to just have a little...
1: Uh, hmm. All right, on to the next news story. Listeners, <laughs> hopefully Derek will make it through the show without falling asleep. He's a little too relaxed over there. Why don't you pick
0: on Scotty for a while? Because
1: <laughs> you're too much fun. <laughs> Perhaps I'll perhaps Science, I'll put cry. my moves on. <laughs> <laughs> Very
3: sensitive. Yeah,
1: that's right. You're a little you're a little more hardier than Scott. I don't want to I don't want to make Scott upset.
0: It's just my appearance. I'm you're soft cro- on the inside. You're crying
1: on the inside. Mm-hmm. Scott's always got the crocodile tears, though. I don't know who to pick on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about my crocodile tears some other time. Maybe as our, part of our new chill policy, we could all just be nice to each other.
1: Oh, I don't mm. think I like that. All right, on to the next news story. There you
0: have it, listeners. You know who the perpetrator of the bad vibes here is. It's cruel only to be kind to you. Bad vibes coming from the shack.
1: Further proof that Republicans are evil spawns of Satan. Your aura is looking a little dark today. (laughs) Not to alienate any of our listeners who might belong to the political party that stands for corporate domination of the planet, but you really ought to ask yourselves why you want to funnel our nation's wealth into the pockets of. Kitten killers. Take, for example, Senate Majority Leader Bill Frist. Bill is hoping to be our next president. In his 1989 book, Transplant, Bill Frist admitted he adopted cats from shelters when he was in medical school, treating them like pets for a while, and then using them in his research experiments. In his book, he felt some pangs of guilt, saying that it was a heinous and dishonest thing to do. Frist is among many other deluded doctors who thinks that killing animals is a way to save humans and therefore somehow justified. Frist writes this about his time at Harvard. Desperate, obsessed with my work, I visited the various animal shelters in the Boston suburbs, collecting cats, taking them home, treating them as pets for a few days, then carting them off to the lab in the interests of science and medicine and health care and treatment of disease and my project
0: his project it,
2: yes. Cue Organ Music <laughs> <laughs> <Turner>. <laughs> What is
0: what is Bill Frist's nefarious project? Listeners if you know. <laughs> yes. Please email us. There's another one involving uh, www.veganradio.com. Www. In. Oh yes, we can take call callers. In live you know.
1: 585. It's part five. of our
0: new chill policy. We're going <laughs> to take some phone interviews if you call us. Have any questions about veganism? Burning in your hearts.
1: The phone number is 585-1033.
0: That's right. And if you're a podcast listener, don't call in because we won't be on when you call.
1: All right. So
0: Unless you call Alternate Thursdays at 2, 1. Oh, give me your home number, man.
1: Let's get back to Bill Friss.
0: And Megan's number is?
1: (laughs) Bill Friss says, it was, of course, a heinous and dishonest thing to do, and I was totally schizoid about the entire matter.
0: He likes that word, heinous. Yeah. I haven't heard that since like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: By day I was little Billy Frist, the boy who lived on Bowling Avenue in Nashville and, and had decided to become a doctor because of his gentle father and a dog named Scratchy. But. By night I was Dr. William Harrison Frist, future cardio cardiothoracic surgeon who was not going to let a few sentiments about cute furry little creatures stand the way, in the way of his career.
0: Future psychopolitician. Right. The cute sh- the
2: cute and infer- cuteness and furriness sir. Well, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Just those words got me.
1: (laughs) In short, I was going a little crazy. Frist also recently commented about the power he felt when holding the last beats of a dog's heart in his hand. We would like to remind our listeners of the current imposter in the White House who liked to kill prisoners in Texas before he became the commander in Thief. Six years later, we watched the weather change for the worse while our tax dollars are wasted killing Iraqi civilians. Standing at the brink of global environmental catastrophe, we can only flail at the world with our weapons of terror and destruction.
0: That's some great prose.
1: Let's not let another killer into the White House. We don't need Frist gloating while the dying heart of democracy beats its last in his hands.
0: Oh, that was poetic. That's some great prose. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Not the Bill Frist part.
1: I don't know who came up with that. (laughs) Al Franken? Derek Goodwin? Who was it? I think we're going
0: to have to send Marla Beebe to the... uh (laughs) The Senate to <laughs> do some taekwondo on him.
1: I'm, I'm an expert with breaking.
0: Whoa! Can you break a frist with your fist? Break,
1: break a what? Frist, a frist.
0: Break a frist with your fist.
1: Can you fist, break? Can you- hand, foot, head.
0: Wow. You hear that, Bill? She's coming for you. That's right. She's coming for you. You better watch out, you little kitten killing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> finish up that remote Ooh. coma diagnosis Ooh. project. I
1: All right. That is the end of the naked news. Put your clothes back on. Say
0: it ain't so. Say it ain't so. You can leave yours off, Megzy. (laughs) Kind of enjoying it. Next. Next. Next, we have. uh, What do we got? So, we have a listener um, who sent us a recording of a poem that he wrote about animal uh, rights, animal spirituality. Um, It explains itself. It's called Animal Food. And the poet's name is Richard King. You can check him at our show notes, www.veganradio.com. There's a link to his website and a link to our news stories that we just uh, played for you. Or, er, we didn't play them. Those were live. And um,
1: <laughs> Like the rest of this. It's all, it's all live. It's live, I swear.
0: It's live and chill. Live and chill. Let's tone it down a notch, okay? Let's take it back. <laughs> Let's take it back. Let's breathe a little. A little breathing room here. Okay. And so uh, Richard King, and um, oh, what I wanted to tell you, wonderful listeners, my chill friends, back me up here, Megzy
1: I'm waiting for you. I'm not sure what it is, but bring it on.
0: Your voice sounds a little stressed.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not. You, can, you, I'm you I'm need not gonna to match, breathe a little. I'm just not going to match. 'cause have been
0: baking your, cookies all morning.
1: I'm not going to match your chill level today, or ever, oh. for that matter.
0: That's true. That's true. Likely. Anyway, so um, if you go to our forums, we'd love to have some more participation in our forums, um, veganradio.com. There's a link to the forums. You can sign up and uh, give us some input, give us some news stories, talk about our news stories, tell us what you'd like to hear, um, anything you want to talk about. Anyway, here's Richard King with Animal Food.
4: Animal Food. Animal Food to Animal plane. Omnivorous diet, dangerous game. We cannot ascend to spiritual planes when slaughtering animals for selfish gains. The way of the spirit is spirit true. Consuming flesh will consume you. Negative karma do we accrue when we the carcass of animals chew. Forever will we be forlorn when we are heads with flesh adorned. FOREVER WILL WE HAVE TO MOURN FOR EATING THOSE OF MOTHER-BORN. PERSONAL CHOICE IS FINE TO MAKE, BUT IT WOULD BE A GRAVE MISTAKE TO THINK OUR DEEDS THE LAW FORSAKES WHEN WE THE LIVES OF CREATURES TAKE. NO ONE ESCAPES THE ACT OF KILLING. NO ONE THOUGHT PERHAPS MORE CHILLING THAN PAYING RECOMPENSE FOR THE FILLING OF OUR BOWELS WITH THE BLOOD WE'RE SPILLING. Consider why the world suffers. Slaughtering children of their mothers and eating their flesh most surely colors the karmas we reap from eating others. The law exonerates no woman, man, for eating the flesh of children. Celebrity, pontiff, pauper, king, no absolution for murdering. Critical to freedom is this feeding game. Tis but ourselves we have to blame when we cannot our diets tame our lot to suffer just the same think you'll escape think again consuming flesh is tragic sin horrific penalties accrue to him or her who is not vegetarian
1: okay it was intense no, kidding horrific some penalties s- some sin going that, on listeners
0: I know you got that fork <laughs> lifting that little piece of animal flesh up to your mouth right now. The blood dripping on your plate.
1: What do you think about that? You think Salivating. He was, you think he was taking a little religious angle there with his sin Well, I
0: think it was uh, spiritual, maybe. Religious. I don't know his religious uh, beliefs.
2: Yeah, well, cause and effect works no matter what your religion is. Yeah, so. karma. You karma. figure it out. Look into yourself.
0: Karma police are coming for you, listeners. With that meat, only moments from your mouth.
1: <laughs> okay, I think we're going to move on.
0: I was trying to wax poetic.
1: Try is the key word.
0: <clears throat> chilling out doesn't mean moving on. What's chilling out means?
1: What's next?
0: Being in the moment, Megan.
1: What's next for us?
0: <laughs> what a moment! I don't think we really discussed this poem very well. <laughs> but, well, uh,
1: I think. I mean, I think. I think the poem speaks for itself, and I think listeners. Does? Listeners can take from it, you know, what they will.
0: Will they take what they want?
1: Take what they will and they want.
0: Okay. So um, next up, we're going to play some music. We don't have a musical interview this week. Um,
1: But in the next two weeks, our performer will be Star Dricker from Evolution Cafe.
0: Oh, really? For the next two weeks?
1: In two weeks.
0: Two episodes or two weeks?
1: In one episode, two weeks.
0: One episode, two weeks. So he's not going to play a song that lasts for two weeks? No. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's good. Um, But on the opposite side of songs that last for two weeks, we have a 35-second song. (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to talk about this Herbivore magazine. I just got it. I like Veg News, but Herbivore is really up my alley because it's about art and culture and well, Veg News is about culture, but uh, Herbivore really focuses on art and music and the the vegan uh, scene.
1: And Herbivore is also um, geared towards, I believe, a younger audience and created by, um, you know, kind of early thirty somethings.
0: Creative audience. Well, we're not ageists here at Vegan Radio.
1: No, I'm just saying it's you know it's oh. ge- it's geared towards a younger audience. That's all.
0: And I can still enjoy it, even though.
1: Even though you're almost 40. That's the amazing part. Even though
0: I'm about to turn gray and wither <laughs> away into my grave.
1: You I actually look great. Still, uh, no. no. You're almost 40, and you, you look like you're 30.
0: Well, Virginia uh, told me yesterday. that Who is
1: this Virginia character? <laughs> I mean, I know who she is, but our listeners don't. I don't know if you should keep referencing her.
0: Well, I think that part of our new chill atmosphere should just be that we talk about people that nobody knows. Oh.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't think listeners like inside
0: Well, Virginia is a, a non-vegan uh, friend of mine, but um, we we're, were driving to Ashfield Lake yesterday, and, um, which is a beautiful lake in Massachusetts, about 40 minutes from Northampton. And um, she told me that I look great for 32
2: <laughs>
1: Even though you're thirty-nine I was like, thanks,
0: Virginia. So you're I not still lying about your age. I never lied. I don't know where she got thirty-two, but I, that was that was a great compliment, you know.
1: Now that um Derek has finished patting himself on the back, I think we need to move on move on to uh our musical segment.
0: Uh we're chilling here. <laughs> So I was getting back to Herbivore. So their most current issue, which you should definitely check out, Um, you can check our show notes, veganradio.com. We have a link to Herbivore Magazine. And they're in Portland. They're also going to be starting a store now, Herbivore Store. Oh, I left too soon. They already have a clothing company, um, and they're going to have a store where you can buy their magazines and their clothes and probably other stuff, maybe Vegan Radio T-shirts if they're lucky.
1: What's that vegan store I thought they were already connected with?
0: Um, well, there's the food fight, which sells food that they're pretty tight with, but um.
1: And what is herbivore going to sell?
0: Um, herbs and boars. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I, like I said, they have a clothing line, so I'm sure that'll be there. They'll probably be more like uh, moose shoes type store.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Well, I don't know. You know, they're they're kind of a creative company, so they'll probably have some off the wall stuff yeah. yeah well this kind of thing is really starting to take off in portland
2: over the last year yeah portland's I was really like the vegan
0: mecca we're gonna to have to do uh, like an episode on calendula portland. cafe
2: opened up on hawthorne and
0: Ooh.
1: that's a vegan cafe or vegetarian uh
2: i think it's we'll call it vegetarian i'm not entirely sure but i'm pretty sure they do serve some dairy and mm-hmm. some butter and things like that but uh yeah they're uh, and also they're a little uh pricey but oh. check
1: them out if you can
3: uh
2: it's a
1: class uh, thing
2: got, it's a class thing listeners yeah yeah and you know you'll get more bang for your buck so
3: that's
0: the most important thing and uh, bang for the buck bang for the buck yeah (laughs) okay so back to uh wow that
1: didn't sound sound very chill to me (laughs) (laughs) it was that (laughs) (laughs) That, half-calf the half-calf just kicked in and derek's chill episode has um died
0: (laughs) Mm. okay make sweet love for the buck Anyway, wow. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, um, the music issue. Their new issue has Joan Jett on the cover, and it's pretty cool. it's all about music. I haven't actually read any of it, but for the subscribers, they included a postcard with a little um, note on the back where we could go listen to all this free music from the featured artists. So I was perusing that this morning.
1: Joan Jett and who's that other hard rocker? That's a big hard rocker who, like, buys uh, vegan Doc Martens for all her crew. Chrissy Hine oh, from She's the not pretenders. actually in there. She's not? No, Pat she Benatar be. is, like,
0: the only um, Joan big name. Oh, Nellie McKay.
1: Joan Jett. You just said Pat Benatar.
0: Pat Benatar, Joan Jett. <laughs>
1: they're two it's different not people. not the same person? No. no. <laughs> Pat no.
0: Benatar, why aren't you vegan?
1: Anyways, Joan Jett, Chrissy Hine, you? they're pretty big vegan activists and do a lot out in Joan the community. Joan Jett. I love rock and roll. Yep. Another
0: dime in the jukebox, baby. I love rock and roll. That,
1: uh, Scott, that was your. that Scott, was your, man. I'm sorry, I'm us, that was your am not familiar with line. this music. That, you know, that, that was your
0: line. Saw him standing there by the record machine. Oh,
1: okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Knew that he was, must have there, been about 17. Whoa, she there a, she's there was a little was, weird.
1: There was a cutoff.
0: Oh, okay. There was a cutoff. How old was she when she wrote that song? I don't know. Old enough to know? <laughs> she was picking up 17 year old boys at record machines. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> on to a different artist. We have uh, our first <laughs> song from this uh, is going to be um, painted, uh, or the song is called Cannibal. Cannibal. The artist is...
1: Cannonball or Cannibal? Cannibal. Cannibal. I was
0: thinking of another uh, female artist band, Cannonball. Uh, you know. All right. Oh. All right, so anyway, it's Cannibal. Anyway, so, yep, Cannibal is the song, Paint It Black is the artist, and it's only... 35 seconds long. All right, play it. You're going to love it. Dead inside, and there's nowhere to hide. Cannonball!
1: <laughs> Cannonball! <laughs> stop.
0: <laughs> Yeah, get inside,
1: listeners. I I don't take any responsibility for playing that song. <laughs> what? That was it was Sir great. Puckman. That
0: was awesome, man. In
1: your book,
0: <laughs> in my book, yeah. <laughs> I, we're going to get the most uh, Collins from that ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about <laughs> <or> what? Two. <laughs>
1: about what not to play on our don't show? played
0: it. No, I love it. I love that song. Right.
1: That's that's not my style. It's going to be the theme but, um, song of
0: my summer. That's
1: like the that's the <laughs> hardcore scene. That's the vegan hardcore scene style. That's what's going on there.
2: Yeah. So we're going to get these kids moshing again. You know, it's a lost art.
1: Yep. Do we have anything else that's a little more chill for the chill show, Darylique?
0: The chill show? Um, okay. We, well, we got um, a couple more. Um, this one is called To the World.
1: Chew the World? To. To the World. To the
0: World, like a letter or a open solicitation. Okay. And the band is called Strike Anywhere. And...
1: Is this gonna be more chill?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only ten seconds long. Oh
3: god!
1: Oh. It's no, only ten no, seconds of torture. It's, it's
0: a three-minute song, and it's uh, it's more chill, definitely. Okay, great. Okay, ready?
1: I'm ready.
3: Look how the runs clings to my footsteps. The fatal, invisible tool. I wish we'd fight. We fight for our No one, no one. I pledge allegiance to the world, searching for vision, not invisibility. I pledge allegiance to the world, searching for vision, not invisibility. I pledge allegiance to the world, until the last rock breaks, none of us are free. I'm really sorry, brother. It's Mira since Susan Ray. We live in our lives in this country, can't. Another Hockey lost, another police murder. in the public eyes on the back page. Hockey's lost in a new world order. Standing alone with a bastard in his. I've been the, the laser. More, nothing less. Than my humanity, I pledge allegiance to the world until the last to the world until of us are free. I to the world for nothing more, nothing less. Injustice and united, searching for vision, united. Injustice at home, united. All in order for order? I pledge allegiance to the world Nothing more, nothing less than my humanity I pledge allegiance to the world i the last line breaks. a must of free I pledge allegiance to the world I do the nation will we ever a I pledge allegiance to the for nothing, more, nothing less. Humanity, humanity, All
0: right. That was straight anywhere to the world, to the world.
3: This is Howard Lyman. Vegan radio on Northampton. Remember, doing nothing is not an option.
0: So we have uh, Matt from In Defense of Animals, and today we're going to talk about vet grown meat. Is that your specialty?
5: Well, I wrote an article on it for Veg News uh, in their last issue, and uh, it's probably the most. It's definitely the longest article on the subject. I like to think it's the most comprehensive so far, and a number of other articles have been published in uh, mainstream media recently. I think I saw one in Wired yesterday.
1: And how did you get interested in this topic?
5: Well, I actually uh, saw an essay in Veg News, and then uh, I went to their Christmas party about uh, I do don't know—a few weeks later, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they said that they were looking into doing a longer article on it, and uh, would I be interested? So I said, "Yeah." So it was kind of a, a quick introduction. Jumped right in.
1: Jumped right in and started doing your own research.
5: Yeah, it's a it's a relatively new technology, really. It's only been around for about five years, and uh, the mainstream media only picked up on it maybe uh, about a, a year ago or so. Is
0: it true that NASA was the one who started developing this technology?
5: As far as I understand, there was one laboratory that was um, working on it before them, the first ones to produce. Actual lab-grown meat was called Symbiotica in Australia, and they were closely followed by a NASA team who was working on growing meat in VATS for astronauts on long-space miss- missions.
0: And from there, the meat industry got interested? or
5: It's interesting that the meat industry hasn't really um, been funding it. Uh, there's only one company that's even involved in this at all, Sedgman um, Sausage, which is a subsidiary of Sara Lee. Uh, when I did my article, I talked to Tyson Foods and they had never heard of lab grown meat Wow not. so um, most of the funding is coming from uh, nonprofit and um, government actually the Netherlands is the only government that's funding it so it's a lot of academic research right now and I think that they're uh, trying to get more funding
0: and what's what's the future looking like
5: um, from what I can glean from my uh, readings um, Researchers believe that it's possible that lab-grown meat could be on the shelves uh, as soon as um, 2012. Um, mm-hmm. The product that they're looking at putting on the shelves right now is going to be like a processed meat. They're going to grow the meat um, and in, like, sheets um, or on scaffolds, and then they're going to, like, have to exercise it to make it like a muscle because it's actually the consistency <coughs> of a jellyfish beforehand when they grow the cells. So after they're done with that, they can shape it into burgers and patties and sausages. Um, something like a steak or a uh, lamb chop, that's way down the road. That's, that involves an entirely different kind of technology that they haven't developed yet. But they believe that processed meats could be, uh, could be available very soon.
1: What about, can you talk about kind of the, the health and the safety issues relating to it?
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the researchers claim that they will be able to control the nutritional content For example, by replacing saturated fats with uh, omega-3, healthy omega-3 fats. That's one thing that they have proposed, Um, as well as, you know, making it uh, more vitamin-rich or nutrient-rich in general. Uh, The other part of that is that, yes, they claim that uh, this food will be safer because it will be free of contaminants like, um, you know, the kind of everyday contamination that occurs in a slaughterhouse from fecal matter and all kinds of dirt and stuff like that, plus the hormones and antibiotics that are fed to the animals. And uh, meat-borne diseases will be basically virtually em- eliminated, according to the researchers, things like mad cow um, or, or avian flu. That will no longer be a problem as long as they can get clean uh, cell samples to start with. And they can also control the environment in a way that you could never control um, a, a meatpacking plant or a slaughterhouse. Um, it could be a completely sterile environment, and uh, it could also be protected from biosecurity threats um, you know from people that try to uh, infect the meat the meat supply that is a big concern nowadays post nine eleven
0: right so is there any environmental or animal rights downside to this that you can see right now?
5: right now it's really too early to say what the um what the downsides could be uh we're, we're going to have to kind of wait and see what happens. Uh, people are speculating about it, I guess, based a lot on our experiences with things like genetically modified organisms. Researchers in the 90s claimed that GMOs would do all sorts of things, uh, that they would, uh, you know, be they'd have great yields and they would pro- pollu- produce less pollution and so forth, um, but things haven't really panned out as they have, so... I think there are some fears on people's uh, part from the frankenfoods kind of perspective as far as what's going to happen. I do want to point out, though, that this is a different technology um, to say that uh, cross-pollination of species is not possible with lab-grown meat as it has been with, with GMOs.
0: So there's um, not going to be little puddles of lab-grown meat like growing around the landscape or anything?
5: That's, yeah, uh, that's, that's probably not going to happen. I, I, well, that's good. I, I think. I couldn't really say what the...
0: I'd hate to uh, step in one, a meat One puddle.
5: environmental downside that really we don't know yet is the amount of resources that it could take to produce this and the um, the amount of pollution that it actually produces.
0: It would be um, hard to uh, out, outproduce the pl- pollution that the current system is producing, though.
5: Right, that's the, that's the key. It seems like factory farming is producing so much pollution and using up so many resources, you'd think, well, this kind of makes sense because um, you're not going to have to produce a whole animal, for example. That's one way you could reduce uh, resource uh, use is, you know, a, a lot of the, the feed that we give to the animals, it just goes through them, and it produces, you know, body parts that we don't even use, we don't even sell, bones and... Uh, you know, organs and hair and stuff like that. With lab-grown meat, you're only going to be producing edible product.
0: So then they're going to have to invent lab-grown gelatin.
5: <laughs> yeah. Well, there'll be all kinds of byproducts that they'll have to. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: and you're who will,
5: our, who will make the pet food? You
1: know. And you you are vegan, correct? Yes. Okay. So how do you feel? Because I I'm just not sure how I feel about. You know, it's like, it seems like a good idea. Oh, well, we should, you know, as vegans promote this because then we're ending, you know, animal cruelty. But there's something very disturbing about it at the same time. How do you handle that conflict? A lot of
5: people seem to uh, be responding to the yuck factor. Uh, Personally, since I've done so much reading on it, uh, it doesn't really uh, turn my stomach very much uh, to think about it. But I'm not really (coughs) sure if I personally... I'm going to eat it or not, but I do think that if people can't seem to uh, give up meat, then it's a good alternative. Right. Um, a lot of people who, you know, as an, as an animal advocate, go out there and you can try to find out why people are continuing to overconsume animal products. Most people uh, claim that convenience is the number one factor. They like the taste of meat, and they like the convenience of its availability. Um, so if we can resolve both those issues to make, lab-grown meat just as tasty or even, you know, theoretically it could be even better they can (laughs) control the taste content, and to make it widely available, then people might uh, actually start to think about uh, the the rights of animals, is Mm -hmm. how I feel about it, and um, if there aren't any downsides, let's just say theoretically that um, it does everything that the researchers say, if it's Mm -hmm. healthier, and it... um, Uses less resources and it and it pollutes less and it doesn't actually harm any animals. Um, then we we'd have to really think about that because uh, there's just so many there's just so much suffering in the world and so much cruelty to animals that takes place every day in, in animal agriculture that it's a significant Definitely. ethical uh, matter that we need to
1: consider. What um
0: so we have um, we have vegans we have freegans we have flexitarians we have all these categories. Is there going to be a new category of Person who uh, only eats lab-grown meat. What would that what (laughs) would that category be? Call
5: them. But yeah, I mean, what does that make somebody? Does it make them a vegetarian if they eat lab-grown meat? I really don't know. Um, There's going to be a lot of confusion, I think, around that.
1: I mean, Um, I feel. Eric
5: Marcus pointed out something interesting on that matter, though, in his essay that I first read. He said something along the lines of, um, "You know, it could be argued." That eating lab-grown meat is actually more ethically justifiable than eating an autonomous organism like a carrot, um, and I think that there could be, you know, say that <laughs> lab-grown meat could be really successful one day. Twenty years from now, you could see, you know, people out there protesting with signs saying, you know, vegetable rights. You never know.
0: <laughs> I think what, now the tables have turned. I think, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think what I what I'm interested to see though is since there's such a move right now. Um, Even for people who aren't vegetarians, there's such a move towards organics and Mm -hmm. natural products that I'm really interested to see if the general public who's moving in that direction um, will accept this, you know?
5: Yeah, I I think there's a couple of ways to approach that. Um, There's the question of whether it's natural or not. And the process that's going to be used to uh, produce lab-grown meat does involve cloning but it's actually very similar to the process used to make foods like yogurt, um, mm. cheese, wine, bread, replication. Um, and it's, it's a lot like hydroponic um, vegetables,
3: mm-hmm. um,
5: food grown in uh, controlled conditions, but the outcome is pretty much the same. So when we ask about, you know, uh, concerns about organic and natural um, people seem to be more concerned about the actual process of producing the food rather than the actual outcome. Um, and I had another point about it, but I can't remember what the second part was.
0: <laughs> but it's, it's still kind of a processed food. Um, yeah. I mean, I think yogurt and all that is, too. Um, and so there's, there's people like the raw foodists who are, are going to stay away from it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, there's...
0: <laughs> and myself, you know, I, I'm not really... I don't think I'll ever eat it no matter...
5: What yeah, I mean um if I, I advocate it for people who can't seem to give up their meat. Yeah. yeah. But I don't sit around Definitely. and dream about hamburgers, so <laughs> right. you know,
3: that's what, that's
0: what all the omnivores cool. like to think of uh vegans are like we're yeah. always always jonesing for some kind of uh nasty meat product and denying mm-hmm. ourselves. So once I, this comes out we can uh, prove them wrong by not eating it.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you asked also about uh consumer acceptance. Right. And, yes, there is a large segment of the population, which is great, that's concerned with um, health, organics, natural foods, and even animal welfare. You know, um, Whole Foods, new animal compassion standards is a great example of that. But a lot of the population, as far as I can tell, is still eating at McDonald's. Yeah. And just wants that food fast and cheap and um, just wants uh, to, you know, have, that sort of satisfaction of eating junk food, um, lab-grown meat does have the potential to replace a lot of that meat, which is about half of the, uh, as far as I know, about half the meat consumption in the, in the country is um, processed meats, like we're talking about.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: That could really um, reduce a lot of animal suffering. you got to remember that the, uh, the lab-grown meat is not an animal. It doesn't have any sentience. Uh, it has no brain, no, no nervous system whatsoever, no senses at all. It's really not alive in the sense that an animal is a somebody, has interests that we need to consider. And on factory farms, um, that's where most all the processed meat is, is produced. That's Those are the worst conditions of all for animals. Um, as compared to, say, like, you know, a free-range farm, where animals at least get to spend some time outdoors. Certainly, it's not ideal, but on factory farms, they literally live in live in hell. And if we can um, do something to reduce that suffering, I think that's a really something we really got to think about.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah, I think that would be the greatest benefit of it. Um, yeah. Well, the environmental and the hopefully it'll be environmentally.
5: Yeah. Um, we don't really know. Uh, they need to develop um, a, uh, a growth medium, for example, and that could be resource-intensive, uh, they think that they'll be growing it from plants, mushrooms, in fact. Wow. So if they can produce a system using uh, the growth medium, uh, plant-based growth medium, and these bioreactors, which are gigantic vats where you'll put this sort of nutrient soup in there, and then the, the cells will grow in these gigantic bioreactors which will control the temperature and so forth, if they can make that at least as efficient as a, um, an animal's digestive system, is what I'm told, then it will be economically viable
0: wow. to do it. Have you ever heard those uh, chicken-of-the-woods mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs>
5: I don't think so, and I haven't heard of those.
0: No, there's these uh, mushrooms that you can't really buy them in stores, but if you know a mycologist, I think is the word, um, um, they they grow in trees, and they um, have the texture and taste of chicken. They're pretty amazing. Wow.
1: Yeah, they're very I think uh,
0: maybe instead of growing lettuce, uh, lab-grown chicken meat. They could just uh, make these mushrooms propagate more.
5: That sounds like a good idea. I'm, I'm surprised that no one's tried to market these things yet.
0: I yeah, well, I think they're probably. You know, you have to have to go out in the woods and look for them. But maybe uh, maybe while them. they're developing this um, technology, they could also uh, <laughs> start mass producing chicken of the woods mushrooms. Because I would eat those. <laughs> I like those a lot.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, the people that are doing this, uh, at least a nonprofit called non- um, called uh, New Harvest. They're working on all kinds of meat substitutes um, made from soy and other um, plant products. Hmm. So they're not just working on uh, lab-grown meat. And lab-grown meat is actually very similar to a product authority on the market called corn, Q-U-O-R-N. <laughs> yeah,
1: because it's like a fermented... A fungus
5: kind of product. Right, there. right. So it's, this, it's a similar process. And when I talked to the FDA about how lab-grown meat might be tested, they'd actually never heard of it. I had to give them our articles to to, to get them up to speed. Hmm. Um, Right now, um, selling cloned animals, meat from cloned animals, you know, for example, like Dolly the Sheep, that is illegal uh, according to the FDA, but they don't have any regulations yet to, they don't know how lab-grown meat would be tested. They're just theorizing that it'll be similar to the process used for other um, products like corn.
1: Right.
0: That's weird, and that corn stuff isn't isn't quite vegan, right?
1: No, it's vegetarian. Oh,
5: it isn't. I haven't tried
0: it.
1: Yeah, it's not it's vegetarian, there's oh. egg, egg whites and all in all of the products.
0: Uh-huh,
1: yep, but I know vegetarians who are really into it. You're related uh-huh. to summer. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I have a lot of family members who are really into it.
0: Well, you got a corny family, that's why.
1: Ah, but um bum <laughs> There's
0: a fungus among us. Um, so, any uh, any th- other points that you wanted to get across? We got about uh, f- three or four minutes left.
5: Yeah, just that um, I hope that people won't have a um, knee jerk reaction against lab grown meat. Uh, we still have a lot to learn about it, and people should keep an open mind about it. Um, and if it's going to come, uh, it's. I don't think that the vegan, vegetarian, animal rights movement is going to necessarily bring it about or stop it. Um, the Corporations that fund it will be the ones who can finance it. They'll be the ones who can market it. And if it comes, and we have to figure out a response at some point. Right now, I think we just kind of need to keep informed about it. And people can uh, learn more about this by reading my article in Veg News, the June issue. Uh, it's a ten-page article, and uh, they can visit my website, animalrighter.org, uh, animal r i g h t e r.org.
0: Yeah, we I've have got, that in um, our show notes. I'll be
5: posting the article there in July because um, copyright issues. And I've got about 30 links to other articles and documents on, on my website there under the, um, the article section.
0: Cool. Yeah, we have a link to that, your website, on our show notes at veganradio.com and also to InDefensive Animals. Um, do you want to say anything about InDefensive Animals before you go?
5: Sure, in Defense of Animals has been around uh, since 1983. We're an international uh, nonprofit for animal rights, um, and we do lots of great work uh, all around the world. We've got a chimpanzee sanctuary in Africa. We've got uh, an animal sanctuary here in Mississippi in, in the states. Uh, we've got all kinds of campaigns, and we'd love to, for people to get involved with them. Uh, so check out our website IDAUSA.org, and uh, definitely get involved. I write the e-news, I write the alerts and stuff. A lot of the content for the website, so if you want to check out my writing there, there as well, you can sign up and get my weekly e-news and alerts for your area.
0: Excellent. Well, it's been really good talking to you, Matt.
5: Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, Thanks, I've,
0: I've been fascinated by this uh, ever since I heard about it, and uh, it's good to yeah, have an a
5: huh?
0: in-depth perspective on it, um, and yeah, well, probably great. we'll talk about it in the future and maybe call you back as an expert.
5: Okay, that sounds good.
0: Okay, well have a great day.
5: Yeah. Thanks. You too.
0: Bye. 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 All right. Hang that thing up before I throw it at the wall.
2: <laughs> I think it's still going to keep going.
0: How come we have? <laughs> w- there's like a new technical difficulty every every week. It's amazing. It's I like know. there's someone on the line, or I don't know. I think there's like some kind of uh, meat eater that uh, is volunteering at Valley Free Radio <laughs> that's trying to thwart us. <laughs> they come in here before our show and uh,
1: they loosen the microphone, mess things up
0: a little bit. I don't know what's going on. Alright everyone, you're listening to WXOJLP Northampton 103.3 FM and that's about the end of our show here we got one more song from the Herbivore uh, Files and this is by an artist called Lays called The Strangest Secret we're going to go out with that as a little uh, undercurrent to our last uh, words to you anything you'd like to talk about Megan and our chill show
1: I think I'm. I think I'm. See, this set. is
0: a chill song that you were hoping to hear.
1: Oh, I'm. I'm. Can't wait. That that um, beeping sound really unchilled me.
0: <laughs> Megan gets very upset by beeping noises. I think she had some kind of beeping incident in her childhood. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Vegan Radio. You can check out anything we talked about at our show notes veganradio.com. Um, you're listening to our. Radio station in Northampton, Massachusetts, where we're chilling out every two weeks, Thursdays at noon. 103.3 FM, Valley Free Radio. That's online at valleyfreeradio.org. There's a streaming thing that works every once in a while if you really want to listen to us live instead of the podcast. And Scotty, give us some words of wisdom.
2: I think you've heard all of them
0: today. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Scott made some new bumpers and we didn't play them. Oh. That's all we're right, going to have to put them on to- next week. Maybe for our podcast listeners, we'll give you a little bumper right at the end. Anything from you, Megzi?
1: Nope. hit it.
0: Hit it.
3: have disagreed with one another on many different things. It's only on this one point that they're in complete and unanimous agreement. All we are is what we've thought about. A man is what he thinks about all day long, that nothing can resist a will that will stake even existence for its fulfillment. That we must control our thinking. The same rule that can lead a man to a life of success, wealth, happiness, and all the things he's dreamed of for himself and his family, that very same law can lead him into the gutter. It's all in how he uses it, for good or bad. This is the strangest secret in the world. <laughs> this is the strangest secret in the world.
5: with People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, you're listening to Vegan Radio. Remember, the animal rights movement is the social justice movement of our time.